It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Dynasty Podcast, uh, Haima Black, I am set up in a conference room over here at the offices, the Chicago office of Cameo, and I am here with the founder, Stephen Galanis. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet up today. I appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah. We always start this podcast first time we have somebody on asking about their background. Like, you have this great company we're going to spend a lot of time talking about, but how did creative entrepreneurialism, creative work, how did you get started on this path? So I joke today that... Uh so one thing that we do at Cameo is we make everybody that starts take a personality test. And there's one I particularly like. It's called 16personalities.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of the 3% of people on earth whose personality type is entrepreneur. Yeah. And I truthfully believe that if you're not one of those people that you should never start a company. It's too hard. And at the end of the day, if you are one of those type of people, no matter what you do, you inevitably will be drawn to entrepreneurship. So my story, I'm from Glenview originally. I went to Glenbrook South after GBS. I went to Duke for undergrad. Uh, While there, I started my first entrepreneurial venture with another Glenview native named Zach Maridis. And in the very early days of Facebook, we created a event management company called Spartan Entertainment, which ended up running all the nightlife at Duke in North Carolina um, in my time. So, you know, as an 18-year-old, I was the consummate hustler that was basically getting people to go to bars and play beer pong on Wednesday nights. Which Uh, had to put you right in the middle of, like, the whole social hub, too. It did, and that was one of the things, I think, looking back on it, that was so important about that formative period of my college life if you went to Duke and you were three years above me or three years below me, you knew who I was, which I think has been really important as I've started this business and had so many people that I've met from you know college or other places either come directly to work for us or to be really, really helpful in the early days. I graduated in 2010, so the economy was really struggling. I was fortunate enough to get a job at the Board of Trade in Chicago as a clerk. I did that for about a year before I found a trading firm of like-minded hockey players that I ended up joining. (laughs) Uh, I did that for four years. Uh, While doing that, I had the opportunity to start a film investment fund, and I was basically raising money from guys I was trading in the pit with and investing in movies and television shows. Through that experience, I met my now co-founder, Martin, which was great. And after that, I had the opportunity to go work at LinkedIn, which was truthfully the formative experience of my professional career. Mm-hmm. And uh, while at LinkedIn, I really learned about tech and learned about social and network effects and things like that and social selling and really had the experience that I think set me up for success here at Cameo. And um, yeah, now we're here. Now you're here. For anybody who's listening who might not know what Cameo is and what it does, you know, I could describe it, but you're going to do a better job. You are the owner, the founder of this. So bring us into what Cameo does, who it's for, like what is this service intended to accomplish? So at the highest level, the idea for Cameo was that the selfie is the new autograph. So when you see someone famous today, you want to take a picture with them, put it on Instagram, and if it's not on the gram, it didn't happen. Now, unless you see someone in real life, you can't get a selfie with them. So we were really thinking about what would a remote selfie marketplace look like? And my co-founder, Martin, ended up showing me a video that he'd gotten made for his buddy, Brandon, which was an NFL player 
in a video form congratulating his other buddy on becoming a father. And that video was so powerful. We're like, we need to create that and start selling those things. So the larger idea for Cameo is to create the marketplace for people's time. For X amount of money, being able to do Y activity with Z person. Mm -hmm. Today, we have 20,000 people doing one Y activity, which is the personalized video shout out. So getting Brian Erlacher to invite all your friends over from the Bears game or getting Snoop Dogg to wish you happy birthday. Sure. Uh, we've created a marketplace where you can get over 20,000 athletes, actors, celebrities, people of note to say anything you want to whoever you want. That's crazy. And I mean, I literally have in my notes here, I'll show you this after when I turn the computer over. The first long form question I had was like, so, you know, it was, uh, autographs are not what they once were. And it seems like photos and selfies. So, I mean, yeah, it seems like that exact concept yeah. of if I was 19 today and I met, I mean, even now in my 30s, but if I was 19 today and I met my favorite YouTuber or a musician or whoever, of course, the first thing I'm doing is taking out my smartphone. Because sure. otherwise, like, it didn't happen. Actually, there's a really famous quote that Taylor Swift gave to the Wall Street Journal. And she said, since the you know, invention of the selfie, the front-facing camera, I literally have never signed an autograph. Right. Yeah. If you have a, have a choice between a photo with Taylor Swift or an autograph, like, yeah. And it kind of makes sense, right? Because the cameo or the selfie is going on the digital wall versus the physical wall. Sure. And I think back to when I was a Cubs fan, you know, and as a kid, 1998, you know, was a very magical season. Yeah, I was like 12 years old or something like that. And I remember, I remember going down to Wrigley and, you know, waiting to try to get Sammy Sosa or Mark Grace to sign, you know, my glove or my hat or anything like that. But at the end of the day, it would be like Glenn Allen Hill or Scott Service or Rod Beck that were the ones signing autographs. And, right. and 20 years later, I remember those guys' names because they did something nice for me one time. Cameo, at its core, it's, so, it's been so attractive for the talent because they're getting paid to become more popular. Sure. The people that are getting a video from them like them more after than they did ever before. Right. And, you know, we think that's something that can be creative to them in any other line of business that they're pursuing. When did you know that you had something here? Because I would imagine early on you thought this is a cool idea, but when did you suddenly start to think, oh, wait, like this is actually scaling, like people are finding this and this could be bigger? Uh, there's a pretty funny story we have from the day that we launched and at the time, we had only one person on the platform. Right. And the big idea was we started with one talent. His name was Cassius Marsh. Uh, and he was my co-founder, Martin, was his agent. And Devin, our other co-founder, Cash and Martin, are all in Venice Beach, California. And we'd finally built the first prototype of the website. It looked a lot like like a Google form. So today, you go to Cameo, mm -hmm. and there's you know hundreds of thousands of videos to watch and 20,000 talent. And you can get lost just... Yeah, just on I, the content I, of the business. And and at that time, imagine going to Cameo where there's no examples. There's just nothing. Right. You know, it's just like literally a, a, an empty booking form. And we decided that we were going to create a link. And back then, the company was called PowerMove. And our website was PowerMove.io. So PowerMove.io slash cash was the link for him to do it. Mm -hmm. And we took the video that was the one that kind of gave us the idea. And Cash put it in a tweet. And Cassius Marsh has 
uh, somewhere around 70, 80,000 Twitter followers at the mm-hmm. time. And we felt that all he needed to do is to tweet this thing out, to show an example video and say, hey, for 20 bucks, I'll do this for yourself. I happened to be in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, down at spring training, trying to get like the second and third person on the platform. And the guys were in Venice Beach and we had Google Analytics set up and then there was one dot in Venice Beach and one dot in Scottsdale and Cassius sent a tweet out and we were expecting the, you know, Google Analytics board to blow up and it was literally crickets. Nobody came to the site. And in fact, people started talking shit to Cash and saying, you're a professional athlete. Why are you selling out? Why are you selling out? How much money is this company paying you for? And that was really interesting because literally he had just given us money to be one of the first investors at <laughs> in the company. So he's feeling terrible, and all of a sudden, he just gets mad, and he leaves, and he walks out. So now we're thinking, like, wow, maybe I shouldn't have left LinkedIn yet before we'd sold one. And, sure. and you know, my co-founders are contemplating, like, we just put this product out in the market, and nobody actually wants it. And all of a sudden, this dot pops up in Renton, Washington. And we see this dot popped up, and it's on there for, like, 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes. And there's literally nothing to do on the website. So we're like, right. are they going to buy? Are they going to buy? Are they going to buy? And I remember like literally being at the edge of my seat and up on my elbows, like watching Google Analytics. And literally all of a sudden the dot just disappeared. And we were so upset. We felt so down. And then my phone vibrates and I saw that this guy DM'd me on, on Twitter and he goes, hey, my daughter's favorite player in the world is Cassius Marsh. Her birthday's coming up on Thursday. This was a Tuesday night. Can you get him to do a video? Your payment processor is not working. So at that point, I'm just like, okay, cool. Let me like just get the video done. Don't worry about it. Cash was mad. He'd already left. It took us days to track him down. We missed the birthday by like four or five days. Yeah. And then even when I saw the video, he wasn't into it. He was like, you know, he did it for us, but it was looked almost forced and unenthusiastic. We ended up getting the video and I sent it to the dad and I'm like, hey, this on the house. Just sorry. I apologize. And then a couple hours later, I get another DM and the father had given his daughter the video and recorded her watching it. And she literally started crying. She was so happy. Yeah. And at that point, that was literally the first organic one we'd ever sold. But to watch the product market fit, like it was so obvious that there was demand for this, that this guy went to the site. It didn't work. He like sought me out. And then after giving it to me, he like, he literally filmed his daughter. We didn't tell him to do that. We had right. no idea. But the second I saw the first person react, I was like, if we could make one person feel this way, we could make millions and hopefully billions one day feel that way as well. That whole description, I literally felt like I was watching like a David Fincher movie. I could see the one dot and everyone in the room staring at the one dot. And I was like, oh my God, it's the second act of a Fincher social network well, type one, film. No, it's funny. One thing that's really uh, hilarious about that when there were only two dots, one in Scottsdale, one in Venice, we actually, right. we thought Google didn't work. So I literally remember, I literally remember like me signing off in Scottsdale and then that dot disappeared. And then I signed back on and it came back. It's like, nope, it's not that Google didn't work. It's that, it's that nobody actually wanted what we were selling. It's me being like, well, I don't know. Drake's invitation to his Coachella party, like it must've gotten lost in the mail because yeah. What other explanation is there? Totally. Yeah. What have been some surprises on the site? You know, whether it's somebody, especially early on, somebody big joining the platform that you didn't expect that they would, or a story, you know, a connection between talent and a somebody who bought a experience, anything like that. I think one thing that has really surprised me is how 
excited people are to get this. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was like the first summer that we got going. Uh, it was River North Fest going on, and I was eating dinner with one of my co-founders, Devin, at Erie Cafe outside, and my phone rang. And at the time, my personal cell phone was Cameo customer service, and this woman calls up, and she goes, hey, is this Cameo? And I'm like, yes. And I go, hey, it's Stephen, the founder. Oh, my God, I just have to tell you, you know, I'm 60 years old. I live in Kansas City, and I just bought my daughter a surprise cameo from this guy, Kev on stage. And Kev on stage is a black, clean comedian. Mm-hmm. So the people that he's very popular with are like, you know, very religious, church-going folks. And, and this woman is like, I bought Kev on stage for my daughter, and we played it at her surprise 40th birthday party in Kansas City up on a big projector. And literally, I have to tell you, in in 55 years of being a consumer, this is the best product I've ever bought in my life. Yeah. And to me, that was shocking because I was thinking about, I couldn't tell you what the best thing I've ever bought in my life is. And most businesses, I'm sure, never get one person to say that. If you go read our reviews, the most common review is like, best gift ever, best thing I've ever bought, best money I've ever spent. So very clearly, it was like, this is a really, really powerful thing. Because if like if the office is your favorite show and Stanley from the office wishes you a happy birthday, like that's like not a normal, you can't be like, Oh, what do you just pick this up at target at the last minute? Like that's like totally. a crazy once in a lifetime. And kind I think of thing. one, one other thing too, that we've really learned is like, it's not about the biggest talent. It's about kind of like the really niche people. Sure. So for example, I love telling this, right? We have 20,000 people, the soup Nazi from Seinfeld is on Cameo, and I yeah. think he's like 10 bucks, right? Like, if you know someone that's a big Seinfeld fan, like, knowing that they would appreciate that one out of everybody else, that's almost showing how good of a friend you are. Right. You and knew. in my case, I grew up in Chicago. I'm a huge Chicago Blackhawks fan. I was a hockey goalie through college. Eddie Belfour was my idol growing up. Mm-hmm. The guys that have skated with me since we were four years old, they would uniquely know that anyone in the world could give me a Cameo would be Eddie Belfour. Right. And like... Most people would think, oh, it's Michael Jordan. It's like, you know, Tiger Woods, somebody else. But like for me, it'd be Eddie Belfort. And only my closest friends and now anyone listening to your podcast would know that. (laughs) Well, and I saw that you are on the site as well. People can purchase a cameo from you. Yeah, I've done about 700 at this point. But not only me, but every single person at the company is on cameo. Yeah. And I think it's important because we need to make sure that we can empathize with our talent at scale, right? So if I don't enjoy doing the videos and I'm letting them expire, like how can I expect other people to do it? Right. And I believe when you're building product, you should be building for one person in general, not for like everyone in, you know, not for anyone in specific. So I think or one person in specific, not not just one person in, sorry, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. (laughs) But bottom line, our team needs to get to light of making cameos too. If we find it boring or should a user experience, then our talent certainly does too. So right. this allows our team to, to be really close to the product. And if there's bugs or anything like that, we find out because we felt the bug, not because somebody was you know yelling at us about it. If you don't try the food at your own restaurant, how do you know what you're serving? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, something that I think is really interesting. So we grew up with you know these kind of iconic musicians, athletes, movie stars. Those are our celebrities. I teach over at Columbia College. If you're 18, 19, 20 year right now, it's YouTubers. Yep. It's Instagrams. Those are Instagrammers. Like those are their icons. Totally. You know, Bowie, whoever you want to compare it to. So talk about the role of like the social influencers and how they are 
connecting with a younger audience who, again, like a certain YouTuber might be there. Cobain or whoever. Totally. We found product market fit not from the athletes when we started to create the new autograph. It was really when we first added this guy named Cody Co. Now, my co-founder, Devin, my other co-founder, actually happened to be one of the early Vine stars. He had 980 million loops on Vine. His roommate, Cody, had 3.6 billion loops on Vine. Jesus. So literally, they became some of the most famous people on Earth. But they were famous on Vine. It didn't make them like mainstream, like... Like you or I wouldn't have ever known about. No them. worry, I get to sit next time on a flight for, for seven me, hours. For and me, have no... I'll never forget. I was in Vegas with Cody and Devin, you know, a couple of years before we started Cameo, and Cody took a picture of us. We were in Vegas for the Mayweather Pacquiao fight, and he took a picture of us and he tagged me on Instagram, and my phone was fully charged, and there were so many comments and likes and new followers that my phone literally died. Amazing. And and that was the first <laughs> moment where I realized, like, wow, this is huge. And when the business first went viral, it was after Cody put it on, on YouTube. And I think one thing that I've learned is that if you follow Cody on YouTube or David Dobrik on YouTube or any of these huge guys on YouTube, you're following them because you care about them. And right. all of their followers to them, their favorite YouTube is better than meeting Drake or better than meeting 100%. Justin Bieber. Because in many cases, like maybe the five or ten, five out of the top 10 people in the world that these people are engaging with, like your students, they're watching every YouTube video that they're making or every Snapchat they're sending. And maybe they're their favorite people on earth and they've just never met them before. No, I mean, I, I talk to these students and I, you know, they'll bring up their ideal work partners. And again, whenever I don't recognize a name without fail, they're famous on YouTube as yeah. if, you know, like that's, their universal kind of metric. So one thing we track that's super interesting, when you go to the search bar and you can search for anyone on Cameo, the person that gets searched for more is not Drake or Justin Bieber or Beyonce or Kim Kardashian or Kanye. It's David Dobrik. Yeah. And you've probably never heard nope. of David Dobrik. He's actually an Arlington Heights native originally. He's one oh, of okay. the top vloggers on earth, one of the top YouTubers on earth. He gets searched for more than any of those people. So for us... I would rather have David Dobrik on than Drake. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Reading a TechCrunch article last night when I was doing this prep said, uh, and this was from over the summer, so these numbers might be slightly off, but over the summer, uh, at about two years old, Cameo's growth is exploding. In December, the company recorded roughly 100,000 transactions. By the end of this month, and again, this is referring to June, they will have done over 300,000, fulfilling an average of 20, uh, of, I'm sorry, of 2,000 video requests per day. From the same article, Cameo has a roster of 15,000 celebrities they believe could expand to 5 million. And again, I'm sure those numbers have gone up since that article came out in June. How are you guys managing that type of growth? Because I don't know how many people you have employed, but it's like you guys are based here in Chicago in Fulton Market. This is not like set up somewhere in Studio City or Silicon Valley with, you know, 20,000 employees. So how are you guys managing this kind of growth that is scaling very quickly? Oh, number one, we've had to hire to that growth, right? The thing about consumer is when something pops, like oftentimes you need to just like start going. So the cat's out of the bag. People know about Cameo right now and we need to go fast as hell. So just so your audience can have a, an appreciation of the growth of this company, there are only six people, not counting the three co-founders that have worked at this place for a year. Yeah. If you look behind you, there are over a hundred people that are in this office right now. Yeah. And we have another, you know, 40 spread around the world. So there's about 140 people that work at Cameo today. 
and there were six full-time employees this time last year. And on New Year's Day, there were 17 employees here. So if you've been here three to six months, you're like an OG at this point. Right, right, right. Which is like super interesting. But, you know, we've been able to really scale by hiring amazing people and having, you know, really good culture and, and values that I think like get people to fall in love with the mission, not with the product, right? Because like our product will change over time, like as sure. it already has inevitably. But at the end of the day, our mission is to create the most personalized and authentic fan experiences on earth. So finding really talented engineers and really talented salespeople and marketers that all buy into that. And if you get them in, then suddenly, you know, it becomes a really cool place to work. Yeah. And recently, this past week, we were named one of the 50 hottest startups on earth by LinkedIn. And that was based on like data of like people looking at our jobs. And we're the only company in Chicago to make that list. And for us, we believe that building this in Chicago is is huge because if you were a Midwesterner that, you know, went to go work at Facebook or Google or Twitch or YouTube and you want to come home, like now there's a company to come home for. And that was going to be one of my questions is like, why base here in Chicago instead of Silicon Valley or anything like that? And it is interesting because especially here in Fulton, we are seeing this kind of like tech boom that's happening. And the Chicago of 2019, 2020 versus 2010 or 2000, it's very different in terms of the tech culture here. So, I mean, there is a tech culture now. Look, there's a great tech culture here. Uh, there's other people that have been successful in consumer here. Back in the day, they used to have a saying of, like, will it work in Peoria, right? Right, right, And Madison Avenue would come up with these slogans, and they would test, like, Chicago in the Midwest, because if it didn't work in Chicago or Columbus, consumer businesses, like, we are in front of the consumers here. The people that I, you know, interact with on the weekends or at night, those are the people that, like, want to buy cameos. If you're in Silicon Valley, like, people are worried about totally different things. If you're in LA, like you probably know a lot of celebrities. Right, right, if, you're in, yeah. if you're in New York, you might have the money to have had, you know, someone famous play your wedding or play your bar mitzvah. But like right. in Chicago, you have that great mix of like people that would really want this type of thing that don't have access to it. And I think there's so many advantages we've had here. As an early stage founder, you know, there was plenty of capital to go around. Like I went through 1871. I, I would tell any entrepreneur, like if you have the opportunity to go through 1871 in Chicago you should absolutely do it. There was early stage capital here and the people here, like they have connections to the coast. So when we needed to raise subsequent rounds, it was a lot of times through introductions to people we had met here. And, um, and for us, like, I think it's a huge recruiting advantage to be able to build a company dealing with it, with, you know, talent and entertainers in Chicago, a city where the people that work here would have normally had to move to New York or LA to go do that. So, well, and you know, we all have heard the stories, of course, about people working at Google and things like that at Silicon Valley, and sleeping in their cars. Totally. And in Chicago, not that the cost of living isn't rising here, but we're not at the point where most of us have to sleep in our car next to our work just to, just to exist. Look, Ari Emanuel, you know, Ram's brother, is right. the most famous and most successful talent agent on earth. Right. He's from Wilnatka. Uh, Wilna- Wilna- he went to Nutria. Yeah, right? I know. Like, those are two. But, yeah. but, like, the whole point is guys like him, a lot of the people that have become titans in the entertainment industry, like, are from here. They just had to move. So what if we just build a business that allowed the really talented people to just stay in place? I love that. Uh, a couple more questions. I don't want to take up too much sure. more of your time, but um, you've got this great model that's working right now, but what are some industries that maybe aren't represented yet on Cameo? Because there's a lot of, of course, athletes, YouTubers, musicians, etc. You know, what are some other industries that 
aren't on the platform now that might make sense in the future. I think esports is a big one. You know, everybody oh, yeah. talks about esports. We really have not done a great job yet penetrating those verticals. Uh, secondly, 30% of our business is coming from abroad already. So really broadening our international talent offering. You can imagine K-pop or Bollywood oh, yeah. or telenovela stars. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to focus more on getting talent that is bilingual on the platform. So again, that can really help open up you know, the rest of the world for this business. No, I think that makes all the sense in the world. Um, talking about being based here in Chicago, going through the 1871 program, being part of LinkedIn, what advice would you have for any aspiring entrepreneurs of any age who have an idea and they think, I want to bring this to scale, but they maybe think they have to move or they just don't think they can do it? Like, what would you tell them? So one thing they do have to do is quit their job. And very often I'll hear people, you know, oh, I've got this idea. I've been working on it part time. If you don't have conviction enough in yourself to drop everything you're doing to go and pursue your dream, then it's just never going to happen. You're never going to be able to raise money. You're never going to get anybody else to quit their job to come work for you. So I think at the end of the day, like unless your business is something that you cannot stop thinking about. I remember, you know, I tried to do this and LinkedIn for about three months and my last quarter at LinkedIn, I was probably the worst <laughs> employee at the company. I would miss employee call. Like I was obsessed with this idea. Right. And it wasn't until running into my buddy, Will Hearn, on a trip that we were taking, you know, in between uh, Christmas and New Year's. And we're sitting in a hot tub in Nicaragua. And he looked at me, he goes, Stephen, if this idea is too big, if somebody else builds this and becomes a billionaire and you're still working at LinkedIn, could you live with yourself? Sure. And literally nobody had ever asked me that before, but the answer was so clearly no, that I never went back to LinkedIn. And when I meet early stage founders, I'll always ask them, have you quit your job yet? And if they say no, then I'll say, all right, well, I don't want to see you or talk to you until you do. I think that's a great metric, though, or a great kind of way to consider this is like, if somebody gets to this idea first, how angry are you going to be at yourself? And you're right. That is the thing you need to do. And ideas are cheap. It's all about execution, right? Absolutely. I can't tell you how many people in the last three years have been like, oh, I had the idea for Cameo five years ago. It's like, well... You didn't fucking do it. You didn't do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, at the end of the day, like, an idea is cheap. So, from that side, I think it's so important to have something that, and also to pursue something in your passion. There's a Japanese framework I really like. It's called Ikigai. And imagine a a Venn diagram with, you know, like the two circles intersecting Mm -hmm. each other, but with four circles. So, a Venn diagram with, you know, right, left, up, down. And the idea is to find your ikigai, to be pursuing something that is actually worthy of all of you. It needs to be the intersection of what are you great at? What do you love to do? What does the world need? And what can you get paid for? And if you're missing any of those things, it'll never be perfect for you. So I always tell people, don't worry about where you think the money is. Worry about like, what's the thing that you'll do? Like when you're like, when you're at work, like doing your normal job, like what do you find yourself gravitating to? You know, I was a trader and I'd sit in the pit and like be on ESPN.com or, you know, I'd love like movies and other things like that. So the things that I was doing and talking about, like it hasn't ever felt like work for me because this is just fun. This is the stuff I would do when I wasn't getting paid for it. I've been doing this podcast as of last month for 14 years now and I just can't stop. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to stop, but it's like it's just never... It doesn't it's feel never like come work up. for you. Right. I, so I totally get it. Uh, final question. Anybody who's listening, anyone out there 
who wants to get involved, who thinks, hey, I've got an audience, you know, maybe they're not at the Drake level, but like, who are you looking for to sign up in terms of being a talent on the site and how can they do that? Yeah, right now, um, if you have 20,000 followers on Instagram or more, that's kind of the cutoff for like the self-service. You can literally just download the app, say you want to be made talent. If you are a little bit below that and want to just reach out, DM us on uh, Twitter at Book Cameo and you know, we'll onboard you. I love it. Uh, this is amazing, and I really appreciate the time. And what a cool success story here in Chicago. And this is a great interview. Uh, Stephen Galanis from Cameo, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.